Good morning. Lots of words already, so nobody knows more than Pastor Pat. A lot of words had to be said. Let's pray. Lord, I come before you right now, and I thank you for this time. I thank you for your spirit that's in this house today. Lord, I ask that you continue to move, that your word would be heard today as we look into it. Father, I thank you that you use imperfect vessels. As we heard this morning, you're the perfect lamb of God. And you listen to a whole bunch of imperfect people praise you. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, go before all that happens today. And I just pray right now that, Lord, your spirit would speak to each and every heart here. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. I just want to say we started off that song, and I absolutely love that song, I Thank God. And as it started and it started to play, I was watching Mr. Mark Pagano. I know he doesn't know I'm going to say this, but he started to do a little bit of this when the song started. And I want to tell you, it's okay to do that if you're going to get excited in the house of God, and that's what's going to help to do it. It's okay. That's a good thing. Because we're here to celebrate our Lord. We're here to celebrate our Savior. If you will, take your Bibles. Do you have a paper Bible with you? I dare you to start carrying a paper Bible again. I dare you. Now, I have paper. I just don't have my paper Bible with me. But I usually carry it every week. Romans 8. Oh, my gosh. Romans 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. If you do any research on this, chapter in the Bible, and you will hear from many theologians, you'll hear from many doctors of theology and pastors and everybody. I just was amazed when this was kind of stirring in me, how many say they think this is the greatest chapter in the whole Bible. I think they're all pretty great, but I do understand what they mean. And we're going to start out here, there, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, just so you know if it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the NIV that we typically read, but I'm reading New King James today just because I like one of the words that lands in it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So verse 1, chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life for the, law, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. 
Indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you. How many say, thank you, Jesus? Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, if we were to go to the very end of the chapter, and I would encourage you to spend some time in this chapter this week, but in the end, it's like, who shall take this away from us? There is nobody that can take this away from us. And at the very beginning, we have there is therefore, therefore has always been told in me through every Bible class that I've ever taken. If therefore is there, what's it there for? Figure it out. What's it there for? Well, the first thing we got to address is that. So why is it used here? Because I think of these wonderful verses that we have just before that, especially in chapter seven. But if you read and and there is debate on this, some will say it goes all the way back to chapter five that Paul was setting up chapter five, verse 21, and then all through chapter six, all through chapter seven, setting all this up as he gets to chapter eight and verse one, saying that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Oh, I like that sound. I don't know how you feel about it, but I sure like it. And I love how Paul addressed the struggle that is so real. It was real for him. It's real for us. It's a struggle that our flesh is in contention with the spirit. Flesh meaning my will or, or your will and spirit meaning his will. And they fight against each other because we like our flesh. And unfortunately, we like to please our flesh but I'm so grateful that the scripture tells us that our flesh is weak. Oh, but the spirit is great. See, if you have not experienced Jesus redemption in your life, and I'm going to say probably the majority of you have here today, I don't know everybody's story, but if you're here and you haven't experienced that, then the scripture that we read says that you're still in bondage to sin and you're going to struggle following Jesus Christ. All of our efforts become useless and we're not, if we're not truly born again, then, then you're not, right? And you cannot do anything to earn that salvation. That's where I love the few verses in chapter seven. And I'm going to just, I'm not, they're not going to go up on the screen. You, if you have your Bible, you can look at them, but verse seven or chapter seven, verse 15 I feel like this sometimes, fairly regularly, I guess. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I end up doing. All right, honesty in the house. How many know what that scripture is all about? All right, thank you for your honesty. Verse 21 out of chapter 7. Although I want to do good, Evil is right there with me. How many know that that's such a truth? And and then verse 24, and this is one that I do identify with too. Oh, what a wretched man that I am. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that inspired this for Paul to write that to, 
to think that the apostle Paul wrote all that for us. Oh, that kind of excites me. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, no matter what your heart may say, and no matter what this world may try to tell you, you and I that have accepted him could stand before him with zero condemnation in our heart. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. No condemnation. Now, sometimes I have to admit, I'm the pot calling the kettle black here, that, hey, I beat, I beat myself up. I'm sure you beat yourself up. But we have to stop and say, wait a minute. God said, you don't have to stand before me in this place of condemnation. Paul tells us that the spiritual life is freedom from condemnation. Victory over sin and our relationship with God, it it comes through a union with Christ with his indwelling spirit. Oh gosh, what a great thing that is. What a great thing that is. And, and as we look, if we go back, just verses two and three again, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin and he condemned sin in the flesh. See, there used to be an old system, right? The Old Testament system was a sacrificial system that meant you had to bring a a live animal. There was multiple different types of things, animals for different types of sacrifices and things like that, but they would cut it. The blood would have to be spilled out and it took blood to cover that. But it was an imperfect system. But the beautiful thing about the Old Testament is it points towards the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it gets revealed through Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is that perfect sacrifice. He set the spirit of life to be at work in us once we accepted him as our savior. And I'm gonna say it again, and you may hear it more than once, but you cannot earn his acceptance. You cannot earn a heavenly reward. You cannot do that. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and he did all the work. It's not how much work you can do. It only comes when we realize that God sent his one and his only son to be our perfect lamb of sacrifice. His blood was shed one time. He willingly gave up his life for you and for me. And it's a gift he wants us to have by the price, because of the price that he paid. And he wants you to be able to freely accept that gift. To get out of that race of trying to earn your way. Have you ever, have you been on that treadmill at all? Trying to earn your way to that, to try to do that right thing? Oh man, that's exhausting. Because it can't be done. It will never work. So as I said, I don't know where everybody stands, but I think we need to do something right now. Every one of us, I was a sinner. I admit I was a sinner. I admit I do have problems with sin at times, and I have the great gift of repentance that I can go before my Lord and say, thank you, Lord, that you will give me this gift to be able to repent of my problems and my shortcomings and the times that I have lost myself in my own flesh because I let that take over. 
And he says, you can get rid of that. Now, I don't know where you are today. Maybe you've never made that declaration. I don't want to go on without giving you a chance to make that declaration today. And everybody in this house that has accepted Jesus, raise of hands, if you will. How important is that? That was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. How about you? Well, let's do that right now. I don't know if there's anybody in here that hasn't, but you know what? Because we've all experienced that. We want that for you if you haven't experienced that today. And I want to pray with you. I want to give you a chance because you know what? All of us have sinned. All of us were sinners. And we can't save ourselves. We had to go to this place where we accepted Jesus to help us through this. Jesus died and paid it all on the cross for every one of us. He paid that price. He suffered in our place. And all he says is all you have to do is believe in me. You have to, you got to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you have to believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead. And it says you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Hey, believers, will you pray with me for those that maybe haven't made this to make it more comfortable for them to make this declaration? Will you pray it with me today? You know what? Let's... Whoa, let's do something that I wasn't expecting to do. Let's all stand up for just a moment. Let's all say this prayer. And if you have never accepted, if you've never done this before, this is your opportunity because you know what? I want you to have all the rest of the promises that we're going to talk about in his scripture. And especially this one that says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. Oh, repeat this prayer after me. Oh, Lord, I come before you today. And I am a sinner and I need a savior. And I want to thank you for what you did on that cross for me. And I want to make you the Lord and the savior of my life today. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that you have risen from the dead. And I can be saved because of what you've done. I accept your work, oh Lord. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. You may be seated. What a gift that is to each and every one of us. And if you did that today and that's your first time, I say, welcome to the family of God. I absolutely do. That's, it seems ridiculously easy, doesn't it? Well, let me get real with you. It doesn't stay that way. Not always that easy, but he will always be with you. He will always be walking with you. And in verse four, it talks about the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us that Those who do not walk according to the flesh. I want you to walk according to the flesh. This word walk, or in your NIV, it might say live. It's talking about how we live. And I want to just give you three concepts of what I believe that this word walk is saying about us today. To me, it declares a destination. 
You must point your life towards the Lord. You have to point your Lord, your life towards the will of God. How do you do that? Can I say it really simply? Love God and love others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the prophets, all of this is all hung on those two things. If you do that, that is the best way to set your direction is to love God above all else. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That implies the destination that you can go. It also um, implies dependence. When you walk, how do you walk? You place one foot in front of another. And if you're not doing that, you're not moving forward. Seems, again, so simple, right? But as you take that step, you begin to depend upon everything that's put on that weight of that foot. And then you just keep doing it one in front of the other. It's kind of, it's kind of that simple. I know it's not that simple. But we have to put all of our trust, all of our might that we can, can muster up inside of ourselves and, and, and even what's not, that means the spirit that's in us to put our trust in him to continue to guide us in our walk. So it's, it's our destination, it's our dependence. And the last thing I want to say, it implies dedication. You must continually take steps. What happens if you quit walking? You don't go anywhere. Your legs get weak. You get problems. You have problems. And that's why it just, it's amazing when I go in and, and I'm with people and I have a chance to pray with them in the hospital and they're there for just a short time. And how many have to go to rehab because how quickly our body begins to start shutting down and it gets weak and the muscles begin to atrophy and all these different things. And we have to get people back into rehab so that they can learn to walk or get strong enough to walk that they can be on their own again. It takes dedication. It takes a lot of dedication to just go through rehab, but it takes a lot of dedication to walk this walk. You have to perpetually be calling on the Lord. Call on your God in order for him to guide you and direct you and never to leave you alone. He'll never leave you alone. If you made him your savior, he's never going to leave you alone. There's going to be times that may feel like that, but he's not going to leave you alone. His word promises us that. And if our minds are set on the wrong things, our feet begin to go in the wrong direction. It's quite clear in that, that the, about the spirit and the living according to the flesh or living according to the spirit. I kind of, if I can get an idea across here, to me, it's kind of like, like taking a TV set or maybe even a radio. You know, we, we, we get in this and we have to, we have to set on something, you know, you got to set it onto a channel. If you're watching a TV in order to see what's there, right? You know, you have to take your radio and you have to put it on a station to be able to get it to come in. You have to begin to turn and focus and get it set on that. That's what we have to do with the Lord. We have to set our minds and our hearts on him. For him to be able to speak to us, for him to be able to give us his spirit, to get his spirit into us, we have to set that on him. You might have picture in picture. So you might say, ah, oh, yeah, well, I've got picture in picture. I can see two at the same time. Well, you can see two, but you can't focus on both at the same time. And is there anybody that enjoys static on your radio? 
Oh, yeah, I love those staticky stations. It just makes me feel so good, right? No, man, as soon as there's static there, I'm, I'm hitting the button and I'm searching for the next station that will come in. Talking about two different types of life here. One brings death and one brings life. And if we're not tuned into the right station, if we're not tuned into the Lord, we're going to not be living that life of, of or that opportunity of life. We're going to just have, unfortunately, the other side is death. There's one or the other. One brings loss and hopelessness and the other brings life and peace. As I was thinking about this life and peace and this walk and everything, I'm going to tell a story on myself. It probably goes back a number of years. I was probably under 10 years old, if I remember right. So I'm guessing I was probably eight, nine, somewhere in there. And we had a family friend that lived up in the Deckerville area and was a farmer. And we would go up there occasionally. I may have been a little younger. I'm not sure. All I can tell you is this. We got a chance to go out and run through the cornfields. We were out playing game, doing whatever. I'm with my brothers and we're out in these cornfields. And all of a sudden I started feeling pretty tough because I was able to take out a corn stalk and I'm running through. And instead of staying in the row, I just started plowing corn stalks down and, you know, just thinking I'm something. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, it turned into a hide and go hide and go seek game. And I'm just tearing and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I'm now starting to panic because the corn stalks were kind of even covering the sky. They were so much taller than I was. And all of a sudden, fear began to set in. And I'm like, doggone it, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Well, at the age that I was, I didn't stop and listen for everybody else. I, I panicked. Help, you know, help. I'm lost out here. Come and get me and praise the Lord for an older brother. Or I'm going to even say my oldest brother, my brother Gary came and found me and he picked me up and all the panic and all the fear just left because he picked me up and he carried me out of that pasture of corn stalks that I was so lost in. Who knows how long I might have been out there. I, I would like to believe I could have figured my way out, but it sure didn't feel that way. Maybe this seems a little bit simplistic for what we're talking about here because you might be sitting there saying, yeah, but I have a debilitating illness in this body or I have a hole in my heart because of somebody that I've lost or you don't know what's going on. You, I don't have my income. My job just changed. I, you know, there could be these things that can be huge and, and they could do a lot of damage to our, to our mind. But you know what? That doesn't change the position of our Lord in the place because our Lord would be very similar to me of what I experienced where my bigger brother came in and he picked me up. And he carried me out. Oh, your Lord wants to be there today. He wants to give you his spirit to pick you up and hold you and comfort you and get you to that place. But we have to be one that has to continue to call upon him. We can't do it without him. We're believers and we're honest about ourselves. We can't do it without him. Because if we try to do it without him, then we begin to Live according to the sinful nature. If we try to do our own things, 
we begin to start worrying about our own desires, our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own physical gratification. The last time I had a chance to be up here and we spoke, I, I spoke on the list or out of Galatians 5 and that list of those, those type of things that keep us from the kingdom of God. And verses 19 through 21, and just to give you a few, sexual immorality, adultery, hatred. Remember, and at the end of that list, it said, and the like, which was kind of, I believe, God's way of saying, oh, that's not a comprehensive list here, folks. This is just getting you along. That's not a comprehensive list. It, it includes many other things. Our, our addictions to substances, our obscenities of our mouth and maybe even our mind or, or different platforms that we may use. Listen to this out of 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What does it say here? What's this last? Have nothing to do with such people. Oh, there's a lot of people that can look very godly. They can talk very godly. They can act that way. But how are they living? How are they doing? How are we doing in these other times where we have to call on the Spirit of the Lord? How are we doing in our Holy Spirit-filled walk? How are we doing in our Spirit-filled lives? How are we doing in our Spirit-filled church? We can continually learn. We can continually to grow into this. See, all those other things will keep you from the kingdom. But just asking him to come in and including him daily, daily in your walk, I'm telling you, you've got to make time every day to include him in your walk. To live according to the Spirit is to seek and submit to the Holy Spirit's direction and enablement. Does that sound familiar? Did we hear a whole message last week on the Spirit's enabling? Yes, we did. Do you have to go back and look at it? Meaning to focus our attention on him, our thoughts, our energy, our values on the things of God. In the day and age that we're living, that, did anything sound all that out of the ordinary of the day that we're living in out of 2 Timothy 3? You know, I'm, I'm looking at all these things, these lovers of money, boastful, proud, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Right in the middle of that list is disobedient to their parents. I think that kind of matters at any age that you are if you have a parent. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. <laughs> we got to take this stuff seriously. We're talking about our life and death. We're talking about the war of the, the flesh against the war of the spirit. Yes, we see what's going on in the Ukraine and we should be praying about that whole situation. Don't ignore it. Don't say, oh, I'm so glad it's on the other part of the world. Pray about it. 
Our God can do amazing things. And I believe that. But there's a war going on inside of us pretty consistently. Now, I will say, I think the longer you walk with the Lord and the more that you include him, that war is not as dangerous, but it's always dangerous if we begin to lean on ourselves and not on the Holy Spirit to direct us. You can't follow the sinful nature and the spirit at the same time. It's not possible. The sinful nature cannot please our God ever. It just can't do that. Our righteousness, you, you know, we, we talk about this form of godliness. Oh, well, we're going to do this again. We're going to earn our way. We're, we're going to show how good and how righteous we are and how we serve and we do all these other things. But if we're not doing it with the attitude of bringing glory to the Lord, then it's a form of godliness. It's not going to get us very far because now we're just trying to do it. So we're satisfied and everybody else around us think we're doing a really good thing. Our righteousness, if we're doing it in and of our own strength, Scripture tells me it's like filthy rags before our God. (laughs) See, one nature brings death, the other brings life. We've been speaking about a spirit-filled life the last number of weeks. Attending a spirit-filled church. Being a spirit-filled believer. I hope you never get tired of hearing that. I hope you never get tired of seeking after that. I trust that you will do your best again each and every day to try to live this way. It takes work, everybody. It takes work to live that way. It's not easy. But if it's worth something, if it's worth something, we have a saying in our, in our culture, right? Anything that's worth something takes hard work. Jesus said you have to take up your cross daily and follow him. So I want to try to help you because I think this is kind of the thought that I had in my own head that, that people, I believe, interpret the cross as, as just a burden that they must carry all of their lives, like strained relationships or a thankless job or, or maybe even a physical illness and, and, and pride and all these different things that get in the way and say, oh, well, that's my cross and I have to carry that. But I don't think that's the interpretation of what Jesus was actually saying. Take up your cross and follow me, I believe means being willing to die in order to follow him. Because when Jesus talked about you picking up your cross, he said, you have to learn to deny yourself. You have to die to the self. It's called absolute surrender. That's why I say it's an everyday thing. And after each time Jesus commanded cross-bearing, we have to deny or die to ourself. I want to read you a scripture out of Luke 9. And Pastor Pat's going to help me, and my brother Steve Malik's going to help me. If you'll make your way, I think we're going to actually have you come up so you can be seen on stage. Listen to this as he comes this way. Luke 9, 24 through 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world 
yet lose or forfeit his very self. This man that's going to come and just give a brief, brief testimony of what's going on in his life. Just actually, I was, I was, he was called me the other day and we began to talk. And he's going through the test of life right now with this cancer. We just heard prostate cancer, stage four. It's tough, but he's calling me just to give me an update. And as he's calling me, he's lifting me up. So go ahead and tell us just a little bit about what the Lord's been doing and speaking in you. Bethesda Christian Church, I've learned something in the last couple of weeks about suffering or sharing in the sufferings with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that has put in me something that I've really never, um, I've never really understood until I was blessed with it or enveloped with it. And that's his unspeakable joy. And I'm thinking, during a time like this, just a few weeks ago, Robin and I had to hear from a doctor at Beaumont Hospital that I had cancer. And when you first hear that, your mind, you know, you immediately go into denial. And, and I wanted to say to the, to, to the doctor or the nurse telling us that you, you're talking about the guy in the next room. You're not talking about me. <laughs> but in these last couple weeks... I've been on my, my knees. I haven't asked God why, because I know the answer to all the why questions. That's because, because he's God. And he's allowed this. He's allowed this. I believe God's going to get glory out of it. Robin and I are heading for Tijuana. Tomorrow we leave to go to the Gerson Institute, like you heard, a holistic um, cancer center. And we're looking at this as a missions trip. Because when I started thinking about it, I thought, you know what? We're going to be dealing with people. We're going to be surrounded by people who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. They're staring death right in the face. How many know that's good territory to share the love (laughs) of Christ right there? Amen? Yes. And I believe that's the reason God is sending Robin and I to Tijuana. I've learned in the last couple of weeks something that I used to argue with God about, and it's a scripture in James that says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. I used to think, really, Lord? Seriously? <laughs> count it all joy, huh? But you know what? We can count it all joy when we fall into these trials and tribulations because God knows what he's doing. And he's got a purpose and a plan in and through this whole cancer bit. I just received a card a couple weeks ago that was titled, When Things Come Your Way That You Don't Understand, You Hold On to the One Who Does Understand. Amen. And understands everything. Yes, it has brought joy to my spirit and to Robin's and... We're just looking forward to see what God is going to do on this missions trip. And here's the secret. Here's the secret, church. Through the trials, through the tribulations, we got to learn how to do something. We got to learn how to praise Him, and we got to learn how to thank Him in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you and I. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, Very good. yes. Thank you, Lord. Steve, 
I was all, I'll say I, this wasn't planned this morning, so I had some questions I was going to ask you, and I wanted to do this sort of the, you mean know the style, right? We call it the Jeff Bonzelar style? Right. But you just told me over here, you got this. You answered all my questions. So great job. Excellent. This guy is a man who's filled with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And I was amazed that you had said while you were talking to, to Brother Barry and I, you've learned what it means to count it all joy. Yes. We're, we're with you and, and we're going to be praying for you. And I know you're leaving actually today to get to the airport. So you got a lot of love and prayers behind you, brother. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank, Thank you. you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a danger to give him a mic, but all right. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. I just don't know what people do without, without the Lord. body of Christ. Amen. You know, when you're a part, part of a body of believers, it makes such a difference. And you sense that prayer that's going out for you and that beautiful peace that comes with it. What the heck do people do without the body of Christ in their lives, man? I don't know, but we have it. And I want to thank you, church, for all your prayers. We feel it. We sense it. We know God's got a plan and a purpose in all this, and he's going to get the glory. Amen. He's going to get the glory. Amen. Now, a person that isn't filled with the Spirit, can't do that. They can put on a show, but they can't mean it. And you can feel it. Can't you? You can feel the sincerity. You can feel the genuine, uh, part of what Steve is saying there. So today, as I wrap this up, the last verse says if the same spirit, actually, let me read it. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your life, will give life to your mortal bodies through his Holy Spirit who dwells in you. You may feel like your situation is so dire that how is this ever going to happen? You know what? Give the Holy Spirit a chance to come in. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I also read in the scripture, greater is he that is in me, right? This Holy Spirit that's in me than he that's in this world. If you made that prayer today, if you made that confession of faith today, you're part of the family of God and it's something new. And I want to tell you, it all begins now. It becomes, there's going to be work behind it. That's why we talked about what we did today. It takes work to continue to keep our focus on Christ. Scripture tells us that you repent. You turn from your ways. You don't keep going in the same direction that you were going. That's what repentance is. Repentance is like a U-turn. I was going this way. I'm not going that way. I'm going to continue to follow the Lord now, and I'm going to go his direction. Then it also talks about baptism. Get baptized. If you've not been baptized, maybe it's time to do that. Next week, guess what? Next week, we have a water baptism. We're bringing it to you. And it says you'll be filled with his Holy Spirit. Next week is baptism. If you need to get baptized, please get a hold of me this week so we can talk. I want to talk it out with you. So we can get you ready for next week. We've already got a couple gentlemen that are going to be baptized next week. And I'm so excited about that. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for being able to be in your house. Lord, your spirit has been in this place today. Thank you that your spirit leads us and directs us. And Lord, we say it's in this house today. Lord, it goes with us wherever we go. Your spirit is always with us. Thank you for that. Lord, for us to live that way, to be in that place of your spirit leading and directing. Lord, I believe you're calling us to a greater time of prayer in our own life. You're calling us to a greater time of getting into the household of faith and serving together and calling out to you and worshiping together. All these things that continue to make us stronger. But Lord God, you're calling some of us to do more study on our own. We have to do it on our own. We can't get enough of it just on a Sunday morning through a Sunday school teacher that prepared their hearts and a pastor that prepared their hearts. Lord, it's still just not enough. There's just way too much that goes on in a week that comes against us. Draw us to that place where we want to be with you, to be in your word, to be in a place where we can pray with others, where we can pray by ourselves. We enter into our own prayer closet. Lord, there's so many different factors. We need you, O Holy Spirit, to direct us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. What I want you to do is stand with me. I'm gonna ask that you just hang on for a couple more minutes. This is an old chorus. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, I want you to go out of this place having this song singing in your heart. If you need to come and make a place of confession today, you need something, the altars are open. If you are new to the faith, you just made that commitment, would you come down and talk to one of us? We have our ministers, our elders. We have different altar workers that would be so happy to be able to talk to you today. God bless you. Go in the power of his spirit. Continue to call upon him all your days this week, and he'll be there with you, guiding you and directing you. God bless you today.